Wow, what a wonderful time of worship and praise. Thank you so much to our praise team. Another hand, yeah, our instrumentalist as well. Thank you for being here. Man, I've got to talk now after all that. That's going to be tough to follow, but thank you very much. Um, we're going to continue with uh, one passage uh, from Luke's gospel, and then, um, then our message here for today. So we've been uh, working our way through the Gospel of Luke here during this Advent season at St. Paul, reading uh, one chapter each day. And uh, I want to share just a passage, and really to focus in on the first verse that we're going to have here from Luke chapter 9, of which is verse 51. Uh, but we'll talk about this major theme here from Luke's Gospel. So it says, When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. And they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Our text here uh, for today. But I, I want us to really focus in on that very beginning of that passage as we're looking through uh, Luke's gospel here. You know, we're, we're all very familiar, I believe, with the very beginning of Luke's account of Jesus' life, which is the story of Jesus' birth. You know, we have chapters one, chapters two, you know, the angel talking to Mary, and then the nativity scene and all of that. You know, if my family and I, we were just watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special just the other day, and Linus tells that story, right? We, we're, we're pretty well versed in that. Uh, and then we usually do pretty well. We know um, we skip to the end of the story and we go to the cross and the resurrection and the ascension. But uh, there's a lot of stuff in the middle as well that we would be good. It would be good for us to focus on. And so we're during this Advent season. We're thinking about the question: uh, Born for what? You know, what was Jesus born for? Uh, what was he born to do? And then also. Connected to that, those of us who have been born again to new life in Jesus Christ, uh, what are we born to do? So we're going to try to answer part of those questions here today. But the first thing that we see from our passage is that Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. Uh, he knew that his ultimate destination even his ultimate destiny, you could say, uh, was in Jerusalem. And it was an important place. Jerusalem was where the kings reigned, right? It was like the center of political power uh, for Israel. It was also the center of worship life as the temple was there. God was graciously present among his people there in the temple. 
But there's also, there's kind of a, a negative thing having to do with Jerusalem. Jesus even says this, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets. That sounds kind of dark. So Jesus um, has been called many names as he is being foretold and promised. One of them is he's gonna be uh, a new and, and greater prophet even than, than the likes of Moses, but he's gonna be like the greatest prophet that the world has ever seen. And so Jesus, you better believe, Jesus knows full well as he sets his face toward Jerusalem what he's going there to do. He is going there ultimately to die, to suffer and die on the cross. So Jesus, uh, he had many different options of ways that he could have been facing, but he chooses to face the right way. And that is toward the cross, that is toward the completion of his salvation mission for the world. And as you read through Luke's gospel, it becomes uh, very clear what, it, what precisely his mission was. That is to save lost sinners. He says this in, in Luke chapter 5, verse 32. I have not come to call the righteous, uh, but sinners to repentance. And so what he's saying is, you know, there's, there's people, uh, people out there who are, who are facing in different directions, right? The righteous ones, they're already facing the right way. They're facing God. Uh, they've been called to turn away from their sin and they're in a right relationship with God. But Jesus says there's all kinds of people that are, that are not. So I have come to turn them around, graciously bring them back in relationship uh, with me, with the Father. And so Jesus has this, uh, this word that he uses from time to time. It's a word that pops up uh, throughout the Bible, and it's a, it's a churchy word that sometimes we're like, wait, what does that mean again? Uh, it's the word repent. To repent means, uh, literally, it means to turn, okay? Sometimes I, I remember it by thinking, I gotta do a 180, okay? Sometimes I'm facing entirely the wrong way, and I gotta turn around. That's what Jesus is calling uh, the world to do, to just to turn away from sin and to face God. That's what repentance is all about. And so, so when I hear that, I don't know about you, but when I hear that I need to turn away, uh, sometimes I, I like to think, well, maybe, maybe it's really not all that bad of a situation. Maybe I just happen to be facing the wrong way. I mean, we do that sometimes, right? And then you just have to, you know, just turn the other way. No, it, the scriptures tell us it is much worse than that, in fact. It is that we are born, and by our very nature, we are opposed to God. We are willfully turning our back on God and turning to face all the wrong types of things, to face our sin. And we will never be able to turn ourselves. Try as we might, we, and plus we don't even want to, really. So it takes divine intervention for Jesus to come and to turn us and restore us back to the way we ought to be, back in right relationship with God. So that, that's really the main thing that Jesus is doing. He is laser focused. He sees there's Jerusalem. There is the cross. There is my, my suffering and my death. This is my mission. I am laser focused on this for the sake of turning us to face the right way also. That is what Jesus has come to do. And that's what you see as you pick up on this <laughs> right after the little baby grows up and becomes a man and you see him all the way through 
focused on Jerusalem and all that that means for the salvation of the world. So this is, uh, it's really an interesting thing um, as we read through Luke's gospel. Again, there's this whole middle section that we sometimes neglect, right? Oh, I hate to admit that I neglect parts of the Bible sometimes, but I think we do. We read the very beginning and the very end, and oh, there's probably some good stuff in the middle, just haven't gotten around to reading it yet. Um, but we're, we're forced to, according to the reading schedule that we have, if, if, you, if you've already started that, awesome. If you haven't started that, it's just a chapter a day, you can dive in, just, just start today, Luke chapter 10. This December 10th, we're reading Luke chapter 10. Dive in, or you can even try to catch up. Um, but I think it would be a blessing uh, for all of us to read the story that Luke has written about Jesus' life. But here in this middle section, after Jesus has come down from the, the Mount of Transfiguration, and now his face is set on Jerusalem, uh, he's just walking. He's walking and talking. And his disciples are walking and listening, hopefully, uh, to the words of Jesus. So if you have a Bible with red letters, you're gonna notice that these chapters here in the middle, pretty much all red. It's a lot of teaching from Jesus. And so his disciples 2,000 years ago, they're walking and they're listening and they're just soaking up all of those words uh, from Jesus. But if you're thinking, oh, that's all great for them, to, these, these words were just for these you know, old people who have been long dead. No, these words are alive and they are for you today. So chapters nine through 15 on the docket for this week, they are for you. And so I'm going to invite you here today uh, get your very finest sandals on, okay? Did you bring them? Yeah, it's not exactly. It has been a little warm lately. Um, get your finest sandals on and let us walk with Jesus as he journeys to Jerusalem. We're going to see what practical teaching that he has for us as we journey through life. Maybe we're not heading to Jerusalem, but, but as we journey through this life with Jesus what does he have to say to us? And so we're gonna look at a couple of major themes um, that Jesus has in his teaching on the journey to Jerusalem. The first one is that he faces us toward his word. He faces us back toward him when we are anxious and troubled and just don't know which way to go. That doesn't describe any of you guys, does it? Being anxious and troubled and just not knowing which way to go. Yeah, I think we can pretty unanimously say that either we feel that way currently or it'll happen tomorrow <laughs> or the next day, right? Anxious and troubled and not knowing which way to go. And so Jesus is saying when you find yourself in such a predicament, you need to turn, turn yourself and especially your ear to face him because he has some things to say to you. And I was reading through um, here in chapter 10, uh, there's this story that you, you guys know it well. I could probably call you up and, and you could tell me a summary of it. Um, Jesus and two sisters, Mary and Martha. And the short, the short version is that you've probably heard it before is, um, Martha's really busy, she's cooking and cleaning and doing all the things, and then Mary is just sitting there, not helping at all, just listening to Jesus talk. And Martha's irritated, and then Jesus actually kind of lovingly kind of scolds Martha um, and usually we talk about this like, oh, it's, it means something like don't get so busy that you don't go to church or something like that. Well, you've heard that one. I'm not going to do that one today. Um, but I was reading through it, and I was kind of struck with this perspective of um, how Jesus turns us to face the right way 
um, maybe there's a little bit, something special going on here. So I wanna, I wanna read this um, little snippet of conversation that Jesus says to Martha. Martha, Martha, you know when you, when you is, it, is it worse to get your first name twice or to get middle named, I don't know. Um, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. So lots to, lot to unpack here. Uh, Jesus, Jesus doesn't just, you know, like you and I, we have to look at each other and there's some external signs that we can read and we're like, I think they feel like this inside. And we're maybe wrong most of the time. Uh, but Jesus can look at the external signs and he also knows the heart and he knows the mind. So he looks at Martha and yeah, she's stressed out. You know, they've got dinner guests coming over and she's doing everything. Um, but Jesus knows that she is anxious and troubled, not just about that, but about many things. Anxious and troubled about many things. So he says, when you feel that way, uh, come and sit down and listen to me. Now, I, I do this little game sometimes in my own life uh, where I feel anxious and troubled and I get my hands out and I start to count the things that I'm anxious and troubled. It just kind of helps me to kind of name, you know, what it is. I feel this way, what, what's going on exactly? And I know it's, it's a particularly bad time if I get through the hands and I have to take my shoe off. And so again, you need more digits, right? You got more to count up. Um, that does, you guys can identify with this? Yeah. So Jesus says, when you, when you find yourselves in such, uh, in such a time, when you're anxious and troubled about many things, when you just don't quite know which way to go on this journey, come and sit down and come and hear me. He says, I've got words of life for you. There, there, I've got words of peace and words of comfort. And he says, uh, these things will not be taken away. He said, Mary's got this thing that this is gonna last. This is, this is gonna last for you too. So listen, so Jesus says, you know, just turn, turn and face me when you're anxious and troubled. There's other themes too that Jesus talks about. Uh, there's all kinds of things. You know, he, he tells us to, to turn and and face him in, in readiness, in preparation for like his coming again, right? We talked about the end times a bunch a few weeks back, but you see those themes here in these chapters. He even says, hey, on this journey, the road is pretty narrow, so how are you gonna stay on the road? Well, again, you gotta turn your ear, turn yourself back to me and hear from me. So Jesus is saying, you just, you just gotta turn and listen, and I'll make sure that you get to your right destination. I'll make sure you get there. So that's, that's one major theme, and yeah, we could be here forever talking about more. But the other theme that I picked up on that I think you're gonna, you guys are gonna see too this week is that Jesus faces us toward our neighbor in love. It's one thing sometimes to turn and face God, and we're like, well, that that's maybe doesn't sound too hard, but sometimes we gotta face each other now in love? And that could be a little bit difficult sometimes. So Jesus tells... Um, we tell several stories in this section, but one of them is very famous. Again, you guys could recite this one for me, the parable of the Good Samaritan. So Jesus tells the story, and uh, you know, with any good parable, we're trying to find, well, where are we in the story? And I've talked about this before, but in the parable of the Good Samaritan, uh, we are the guy that's lying half dead in the ditch. So really, it's a story about Jesus and us. Jesus is the Good Samaritan, he comes and he saves us. He pulls us out of the ditch, rescues us, nurses us back to health, and then sets us back on the right way. And at the end of the story, Jesus says, 
<laughs> now you go and do likewise. So he's saying this is a story about God's love and compassion and mercy for humanity, and now having received that, we are set to face each other in love and care and compassion. Which is interesting because uh, a lot of times I, what am I facing? I'm, I'm facing the mirror, because I'm selfish, right? I'm not always facing out toward you. Maybe you guys can identify with that also. But that's the beauty of, of that ongoing teaching that we receive from Jesus and that power by his Holy Spirit that he can turn us to face God first, right? That's kind of the order of things. We receive, did you guys know that you receive an excess of love from God? So much, you can't even use it all. So why let it go to waste? Turn toward each other and share that love is what Jesus is saying. Even the Ten Commandments kind of had the same order, right? That you have the first three. It's about your relationship with God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love him with all you got. And then the last seven are love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus even says, you know, love one another as I have loved you. Oh, that's even harder. But Jesus sets us toward each other again to face each other in love. And, and he, he goes on even, we'll skip ahead a few chapters to chapter 15. And he tells a trilogy of lost parables. Because he talks about how much he loves lost people. Maybe some, some of the same, the lost neighbors that we have that don't know Jesus. Jesus tells these stories, the lost sheep and the lost coin, and then really we should call it the lost son, call it the prodigal son sometimes. But we see in these stories the way that the father and the son, you know, the way that God patiently and graciously waits and longs for and, and calls out to his lost sons and daughters who have their back turned to, to him, but he's always waiting. He's waiting to receive them back when they might turn and face him once again. And so he calls us then, Jesus is saying, have the same mind, have the same heart toward lost people that, that we have. Turn toward them in love. And this is, so as you read this week, and as you really, as you ever hear from Jesus, my prayer is that uh, you will just rejoice that, first of all, that he loved us so much that he set his face, you know, to Jerusalem and went all the way. He did whatever it took to have us face the right way. And just rejoice that again and again, he turns us back to face God. Rejoice that again and again, he's going to turn you to face your neighbor in love. Just rejoice that he turns you to face the right way. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are so laser focused on your mission to save us, that you went all the way to the cross. You didn't turn aside from that, but you followed that mission that you had from your Father. Keep us facing you Keep us facing our neighbor in love and lead us through life's journey. Pray this in your name. Amen.